everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, April 21st. Nope, it's the 21st year of the 2000s, but it is not the 21st of April. It is the 16th of April. At least tomorrow will be Friday when this is releasing. I'm recording this on the 15th, but tomorrow is the 16th, which is when this will be releasing, and which is the podcast which the week of this is for. (laughs) What the fuck was that shit that just came out of my mouth anywho i will be talking about on this podcast did i say who i am if not or even if i did i am marcus nez and what i'll be talking about on this episode is gravity heroes raven sword shadowlands kingdom of arcadia heal console edition and traffic jams but before i get to all that goodness that i've been playing i want to talk a bit about streaming because i've been mentioning it for the last i don't know month two months three months about dipping my toes into the streaming pool and I finally did so this past week with a few test streams just to make sure that everything is working as it should that the audio levels are good so that you can hear me and the game audio is not overpowering me to make sure that everything is in sync with my video and my mic and everything and it took quite a bit of finagling and it was a bit frustrating But it seems like I got everything in order. I have to use OBS to stream as opposed to the Elgato software, which is how I capture the footage. But I still have to use the Elgato capture footage. (laughs) I'm mixing words all over the place. My ordering of words right now is going to be messy. But I still use the Elgato software to capture the game footage because it is undeniable that the quality is significantly better when using their actual software as opposed to OBS. Even if you tell OBS that you want lossless quality, it'll give you a significantly larger file size as opposed to the Elgato file size, but it will be a significantly lesser quality video. It will look like a YouTube video after all the compression. That's what it looks like. And it's not terrible, it's just not up to the standards I'm used to and the standards I want from the video prior to having YouTube go in and fuck it up even more. So I don't want to have an already fucked up video that YouTube is like, oh man, I can't wait to fuck this up some more. But what I have to do is then take the Agata software and the window where it is showing the footage that's capturing off my console and my TV, put that on a second monitor and then take OBS and capture that second display and stream that display. And I had to then change the audio delay for everything, for my video, for the mic, and anything that has audio coming in. And it was tedious, to say the least. But I have powered through it, and everything should be good to go. I got to a point last night where I thought about just saying, fuck it, I'm done. Why did I even bother even considering this? But then I looked more into it and how I could get around certain things. Because the Elgato software can stream, at least the one I'm using. Because I have an HD60, and that uses their older software, which is the Elgato Game Capture HD, I believe. And now they have the 4K Capture Utility, which just captures footage but doesn't stream anything. But streaming through that, you can't adjust for audio delay or anything like that. You can just adjust the volume of stuff. And if you have the sound whatever installed 
you can adjust audio things there. But with that, man, I don't know if it was that or something else, but there was another issue I was having when I had all these things hooked up and all these pieces of software running that it was specifically because of the Elgato software. So I had to uninstall it and the sound capture thing and then reinstall it without the sound capture thing, which may or may not have been the issue, but it was making my voice, my voice, it was making my voice sound deeper than it is. And I don't think I have a deep voice. People say I have a deep voice. I guess in the grand scheme of things, I have a deeper than average voice. And maybe I have a deeper voice than you would expect coming out of an incredibly white person like I am. I am very, very white. I'm super pale. You look at a black and white chessboard and you're like, is that Mark's skin? Or is that just the white tiles on this chessboard? And you're like, no, Mark's skin is whiter than that. But what am I even talking about anymore? Streaming, everything seems to be a-okay. I did order a really cheap ring light to clip on above me and have light on top of me so that I will look better for the video, hopefully, and see how that goes. And if not, I'll just return that piece of crap. But I can't use a ring light in the way normies can because I wear glasses and with glasses, you're going to get that light reflection and I don't want that. So I had to find one that was cheap first because I'm not spending a lot of money on streaming equipment when I don't know if this is going to stick or anything. But I wanted to find something that I could clip and have fairly high above me so that I wouldn't have the reflection of the light in my glasses because that'll be really distracting and not nice to look at. But I have that coming in today. Thank you, Best Buy, for whatever it is. Elite Plus members, I think, order before 3 p.m. And if it's in stock at a local store or something, you can get it today. <laughs> you can get it today. You can get it today. Oh, this is going to be a great show because I cannot talk at all. But I'm excited to mess around with streaming. Even if nobody watches, I'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll get people coming in because I've been looking at the tag things and I've added to my personal tags for my page, for my Twitch page, which is just PX Sausage on there as well. But I added the LGBTQIA plus tag because I do identify as non-binary, which will be interesting if anyone ends up popping into one of my streams because of that and then starts talking to me about it because I am very open about all of that and enjoy talking about it with people who are level-headed but it, it could be something that leads to people wondering what i am exactly because i'm like i've gone over this i'm not going to go into depth about it but non-binary is such a tricky thing for so many people both inside of the queer community and outside of it that it is hard to understand you can't look at someone, like you can't look at anyone really and be able to say, oh, you're this. Uh, that's just not possible. But I'm not here to talk about all that. I am here to talk about the games that I mentioned at the top of the show. But I have been playing a lot more Hitman 3, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm messing around with Escalations for the first time. I don't know why I didn't mess around with those in the prior games. I think it was because I just enjoyed dabbling in the world and just being in like sandbox mode and then whenever a 
what are they called? Elusive target would show up. Then I would do those until I miss one. And then I was like, I'm done. That happened with both games. That happened with Hitman. I missed an elusive target. I got out. Or no, not with Hitman. Because I don't think I bought that at launch. But with Hitman 2, bought it right away. Then I missed an elusive target. I was like, oh no, I hate this. I hate it so much. I hate, I don't know. I, I don't like the way elusive targets are handled. They said they were going to change things up in Hitman 3. I don't know what they changed up, if anything. Maybe they made it more forgiving in that you can just like quit to the dashboard and restart. I don't know. I don't know what's different, but it doesn't feel that much different to me. But I hate the fact that you can only do it once. I wish, I've said this before, I wish you could just do the elusive target once for that high score, for that leaderboard aspect of it. But that after that, you could just do it for fun because they do change things up with these elusive targets. They are different from the regular main story missions. So having this content that is different, that is akin to the escalations in one way, it's like a middle ground between the two, but not really. It's more like a story mission that just isn't a story mission. But it sucks that they have this content that they make and then it just disappears, like the Sean Bean thing. Maybe it's a licensing thing with someone like that who was like, okay, you can use my license for this thing, but you can only use it for two weeks. And then I don't want everyone to be in this game ever again. I only want people to kill me for two weeks. And then I'm done. You know how many times I've been killed in movies and all this other crap? I don't want to just be getting killed for the rest of my life in this game. Two weeks and that's it. Until we're like, hey, let's just bring it back one more time. Let's have a rerun. But I've been playing a lot more of that. Loving it. Doing the escalations, as I've said, which are fun. They're really fun way of changing things up of making the game more exciting because you can't save scum in the escalation mode which if you don't know what that is if you've never played a hitman game or maybe you're like me and haven't dabbled with the escalations it is where you have usually between three and five escalations and it'll start off very easy like go kill this person and then it'll be go kill this person while disguised as this person while doing this and then collect this thing, and then the last one will be, go do this, kill these two people, do it within this time frame, finish everything within five minutes, blah, 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 blah. It, it keeps escalating. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and more and more complicated. This game of mousetrap where you have all these things going on. Rube Goldberg or whatever his name is, one of those things. So those are fun. I wish you could create your own, because you can create your own contracts, but you can't do any kind of escalations, and it would be fun if there was a way to do those as well as just the basic contracts or whatever they're called. But I'm really, really enjoying the game. It's such a fun game to just go to when I want to break from whatever I'm playing, whether it's Vanquish or some other game, just to have this nice little thing that I can jump into. Quick Resume works with it pretty consistently, though there are times where it just decides that it will never reconnect to the server and you have to completely quit out, which is a little annoying, but that's just the way it goes. Anywho, that's enough about Hitman 3. Let's get on to what I've been playing. Starting with Gravity Heroes. So Gravity Heroes is a single screen arcade shooter where you are a little person. You can pick between, I think, four different characters, which are completely cosmetic. I went with a robot. And there is a bit of a story, which varies depending on who you pick so the dialogue is specific to the character you're playing 
which is a nice touch. And the way it works is that you're in these single screen arenas and the way you platform is while you can jump, you use the right analog stick. I'm playing this on Xbox One. You use the right analog stick to change the force of gravity. So if you flick up on it, then gravity will reverse and you will be walking essentially on the ceiling and you flick left or right, you will be on one of the two walls and then you flick down and you'll be back on the ground. And it's an interesting mechanic and it's kind of fun when you do it in midair and are able to just kind of fly around this space, but it just didn't click with me. I think it's because it's this arena shooter thing and I would much rather have this mechanic be used in some kind of really challenging platformer as opposed to just being in these single arenas where enemies will spawn in for like three to five rounds and you just kill them all and wait for the next batch to come in until you finish a level and then you'll have boss fights as well and it just it wasn't that satisfying I don't like the fact that you could only shoot in the direction you're moving you can press the left trigger to lock in that position if you are moving in the other direction or whatever you can lock in the direction in which you're shooting but I found that it led to more frustration than I would have liked because I would have at least liked the ability to shoot straight up depending on wherever my orientation is. So just shoot above my head, whether that means shooting at the ground or shooting at the ceiling or shooting at one of the walls. I wish I could do that as well because I found myself in so many situations where that would really help. And maybe they didn't include that because that would have broken the game. It would have made it too easy. But when I got to the first boss and died multiple times, I got to a point where I'm just like, ah, I don't like this. The mechanics aren't satisfying for me. I really don't like some of the parts of that boss. It does this one attack where it shoots out a bunch of balls and then they explode and then make a whole bunch of other balls and just trying to navigate between them while using this gravity mechanic was something that you could probably do amazingly well once you are accustomed to the controls. But what I played up until that point the whole arena stuff and everything, it wasn't engaging enough, wasn't interesting enough to make me want to learn the mechanics and master them and get to a point where everything feels right if I would ever be able to get to that point. So it's it's not a bad game. It just isn't for me. This is a case of a game where mechanically it seems to be sound. Maybe there are issues there, but it is more so me not gelling with what this game is putting out there. The gravity thing, I think, is something you could potentially really get into because it is a unique style of movement, but it just didn't click with me, much to my disappointment. I was really excited about playing around with this, but I think, like I said, I would have rather had just some kind of crazy, complicated... Celeste, Super Meat Boy, etc. platformer where I had to navigate this area with these gravity mechanics as opposed to messing around with Comet and all that. Uh, and even if it was Comet, like 
maybe in a more of a metroidvania type of setup but just having it be this arena based thing i i wasn't enjoying it maybe if it was more of a competitive type of game in that sense and then everything else was the same but it was more competitive so you're either fighting against bots or playing against friends in local combat or online maybe if you were doing that and you were playing against other people who were using the same mechanics that could be pretty cool but the way it is where it's just fighting waves of enemies then getting to a boss and then doing that all over again just wasn't my jam then Raven Sword Shadowlands is <laughs> this is like a an Elder Scrolls game wannabe I guess that looks more dated than Morrowind is really bad and I can't there's not really much to say about it because every part of it is bad and I feel bad saying that because I'm sure the developers and all that put a lot of hard work into this. It's not easy to make a game of this scale. You have a huge town that you start off in, and well, after the initial tutorial bit where you fight this monster, and it's very easy. But the the game itself just is so rough around the edges that I can't I can't find any reason to stick with it. There are bugs in it and visual weird things about it there was an enemy i killed a human enemy who when they died they got so warped their body got stretched out and squeezed and freaking flung around and spun around like crazy it was wild it was crazy and it sucks because i was playing the game on twitch when that happened but my reaction was off because i did not have everything in sync at that point which is disappointing because it was a good reaction, because it was just, what the hell is going on here? And there are ports, ports? There are ports in the game, probably, where boats will come in, but there are also parts where a light will come in through geometry, it will pass through geometry. So you see, like, the light coming off of a bit of water that is overflowing, like a little mini waterfall, and the light that is shining onto that waterfall will shine through foliage, it will shine through a bunch of leaves on a tree. And there are a bunch of things like that that are distracting. When you go out into the open world, it's it's really weird the way the geometry and the distance comes in and out. It's kind of like, I don't know, with like video transitions, a warp, a wipe, I don't know the exact terminology. But it looks really weird and I don't know why there just isn't a fog to hide all that there should be a fog in this game to hide that because it is incredibly distracting looks weird and kind of was giving me a headache but i played maybe an hour of it i paid attention to way too much of this story which is just completely throwaway. and then i went outside was looking everywhere for something to fight i eventually came across some fucking fat wolves or something and i was like yeah this one's coming at me i'm ready i'm ready and then it just killed me immediately and the worst part and the worst way to end my experience with this game was that when i was killed the death sound the death cry of my character was so shrilly and it was so loud and ugh, it hurt 
my ears. It was incredibly painful. I could not believe what came out of my mouth when that happened. My character's mouth, that is. But it is just this janky Elder Scrolls-like that is tough to recommend outside of the fact that I think it's six-ish dollars or somewhere in that realm. But even then, what? Morrowind is $15 regularly. You can get it on sale on PC right now for $5 on the Windows Store. But you'd probably just be better off going to the Steam Store. But if you get it on Xbox, it looks great, runs great. And I think, as, as someone who considers it one of the greatest games of all time, I think it still holds up beautifully. And I would just say, go play that if you want something that looks dated, but is still very good. Then there is Kingdom of Arcadia, which is a platformer that is very basic and simple. You're this little knight, prince, or whatever. You go into these various dungeons, and you're just collecting coins, attacking enemies. When you attack enemies, they are always pushed back, so it's impossible really to get hit by them unless you're being overly aggressive and just do stupid things. It'll always be your fault if you take damage. You have a double jump. You can climb up walls if they have little ladder pegs on them. You can break walls that show they're they're crumbling and just it's fine i guess there's a shop for you to upgrade your equipment and stuff but it's super forgettable there's really nothing to it it's very very basic and i'm not overly fond of the way it looks it doesn't look bad but it just lacks any type of style it's as plain as it can be and that goes for the entirety of the game it's just a basic-ass, plain-ass game, which is fine, but it just it wasn't doing anything for me. It was just something that I played, and then five minutes after I played it, I forgot everything about it because it's just, it's a game. Then Heal Console Edition is a point-and-click puzzle adventure game. I don't know, I'm not even saying an adventure game. It's just a point-and-click puzzle game where you are in these rooms. It's, it's room-based. It's like an escape room thing where you have a handful of puzzles in each room and you have to complete them in order to open up the door to get to the next room. And that's the way it works. It just is room to room to room. And it's pretty good. I like the art. It's got a nice look and style to it. And then the puzzles are solid. You usually have to do them in some kind of order, or at least do certain ones before you can tackle the main one, which requires you to find multiple solutions per puzzle to complete the main one. But it's a, a solid little puzzler. If you if you like puzzle games, it's, it's worth checking out. And then Traffic Jams is a VR game where you are controlling traffic. And what I like about this game is that it is kind of like an overcooked where the mechanics what you're able to do doesn't change over time they don't complicate the experience by giving you more and more things that you can do but by making what you need to do more complicated and changing up the space you're in and stuff like that so the way the game works is that you just point at a car or a person and then you either put your hand up to tell them to stop or you gesture for them to come forward and then they'll move forward wherever they're walking or driving and that is the basic gameplay of it 
But as you play more and more, they'll start complicating things by just overloading you with a lot of traffic or introducing zombies and other type of disaster things that you have to factor in. And it's it's all right. It definitely doesn't feel like it has legs. I can't see myself playing it more than another session potentially, but I played it for like an hour and enjoyed that well enough. But after I finished that play session, I was like, yeah, that was that was fun, but I don't really see a reason to ever play this again. I believe there is a multiplayer component, but I am unable to mess around with that. So maybe that is where the replayability comes in to play. But I, I do like the fact that it is simple in terms of the mechanics and that it's just point and then tell them to either stop or move forward. And that's it in terms of what you have to worry about. You can also, if a zombie is getting too close to you, you can punch them. You just, you know, smack them around. But you can also, if they're in the street, have a car run them over, which is fun. They'll introduce more things for you have to worry about, like people carrying glass. And it's easy to get not overwhelmed, but to overlook how slow maybe people walk and stuff and send cars too fast and have them like break that glass and stuff like that. I think what it's lacking is the ridiculousness that I was expecting. I was expecting more wild crashes and I I don't know. I I thought it was going to be more funny and it's just kind of, huh, every now and again, I guess. It's not that funny. And you have this person who's teaching you everything who's a bit annoying, but it's all right. So yeah, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the videos I make over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and then maybe you can like a video here and there. If you like them, don't like them just to like them or do like them just to like them. I would like that very much so. But you can also check out me streaming, maybe, with a schedule that is up in the air. I don't know what I'm going to do in there, but it is twitch.tv slash pxsausage, I think. There might be some other crap in that URL, but I'm pxsausage on Twitch. That's all you need to know, so you can follow me to know when I go live and crap like that if you want. And then if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.